0: People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Brentfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope. My guest today is, once again, writer for TV and film Guy Busick. You know him from Ready or Not, the fabulous horror comedy that came out a couple years ago. You know him from Castle Rock, Stand Against Evil. He's written on all these things. Uh, he's got some other projects coming out that we're going to talk about. The new Scream we might talk about a little bit. Are you guys interested in that little ghost face talk? And we also had Brentfast from Heirloom Cafe in Toluca Lake. So let's talk horror comedy because it's Guy Busek two, Secret of the Ooze, Electric Boogaloo. Today on Breakfast. <laughs> Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark <laughs> card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm gonna need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is yeah. a goat pit a real thing? Brentfist. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilized the hydraulics. I love a crawler. Yeah. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. See. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. Breakfast, the only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Guy that's my so go-to. <laughs> There should really be a, a secret of the ooze, electric boogaloo. I mean, just like a, a a sequel on top of a sequel that are two
1: different movies. The other go-to of mine is the new batch. <laughs> you can add the new batch to yes! almost anything.
0: Is that Gremlins too? The new batch. <laughs> it is. God, that is funny. What are some of the? Uh, welcome to the show, by the way.
1: God, oh, thank you. Say, you. Uh, thanks for coming back. I, you know, uh, uh, it's good to be back. It's an honor to be your first return guest. Oh well, thank you. Uh, mark that it. Mark that on the tape. Marco, when you asked me to come back, I was like, "Oh, you're still doing that?" No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what's kidding. Kid. What's the name
0: again? And what's your last name? Yeah,
1: <laughs> who's this? Anyway, welcome, welcome back. <laughs> I feel this like studio. this is the the new and improved breakfast because it's now with more hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you caught me right in the middle of drinking water. Uh,
1: yeah, I was going <clears> for the spit <throat> take, but I didn't, c-
0: didn't God, land it. I didn't want to spit take right on my. <laughs> <laughs> I chose to die. That's instead, my mission today. To I die just, instead
1: of spit take. That was attempt number one, but there will be more.
0: That's the name of the new uh, Bond, I think, too. To die or <laughs> to die while <well>, spit taking.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought you were to say to die with more hair.
0: Oh, to die with more hair. Yeah. Interesting. And the and the and the villain is called More Hair, and it's just like literally a Bigfoot. Uh, Titus More Hair. <laughs> Titus More Hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mister Bond, not expecting in someone so hair suit. <laughs> oh,
1: I love that word. <laughs> that means hairy guys. I, yeah. <laughs> the way I remember it and, and its meaning is, it yeah. sounds like hair suit. like like you're wearing a hair like suit. Hair so hair so it's very, it's a nice little trick, nice little tool. You
0: know what hair suit is when you translate it into uh, Indonesian? Chewbacca. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, me neither. Somebody told me that. I was like, Guy,
1: I'll get this joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, uh, Guy, you were known for being an irritating part of my life. A very good friend, in, in all honesty. And we, we go back a long ways. We go back all the way to before we were in Los Angeles, I guess. Yeah, we met and in
1: uh, Nebraska. You went to Pepperdine out I here. did. How'd
0: you end up at Pepperdine? I'm, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about that.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, well, I went on a... Uh for the theater school, I was um, I, I auditioned at a thespian festival in Muncie, Indiana, which uh, my high school went to every summer. And yeah, when I was a junior, uh, I auditioned for a whole bunch of schools and got a few callbacks. And Pepperdine was one of the more aggressive ones. And you know, coming from Nebraska, I saw pictures of the campus right on the beach in Malibu, yeah. and I was like, yes, please. So
0: you're known for writing a lot of um,
1: horror. I would say horror type comedy. Type stuff do you think that's fair to say i would say that's fair i think it's it's yeah scary stuff with uh with some hopefully some laughs in there was that something
0: you really wanted to do was that something that just kind of happened and then you're like oh well, i'm really good at this does
1: it go back to what you liked as a kid not really i was not a horror guy uh yeah. i was i was into comedies that had some scares in them though like like your ghostbusters or your oh. your gremlins that were yeah. a little, could be a little intense when you were a kid right uh, but they were mostly comedies so yeah, I guess you could trace some of it back to that. And then Scream was a big uh, influence on me when it came out in 96. Yeah. Um, it was the first time I was like, oh, because uh, I just I was not a big 80s horror guy like the slashers, the the franchises. Yeah. Um, I enjoy them now, but I wasn't yeah. at the time like super into them. Um, and, uh, Scream was like, oh, I actually care about these characters. The characters are smart. Um, they are referencing, you know, horror movies and the rules. And it was just like, it kind of changed everything. It kind of blew my mind yeah. open and was like, oh, this can be, it can be fun. You don't have to, you know, just be gross and gory. You can have that, but, uh, there's, you can, you can do more than one thing with one movie.
0: Yeah, it really is the first thing I remember anyway, that was like that, or as a horror film where, or- they did really dig into the characters and it wasn't just like this bad guy and then the that's killing people and you're like oh no who's gonna die next type deal
1: it was more than just caricatures you actually did care if they lived or died but
0: it was also Um, very funny while still being very violent yeah very violent you know and anytime you can see someone like making the Jiffy Pop on the stove, it's pretty great. I mean, it's just like, isn't that not like the coolest thing though? It's totally, I would never make that now because why? Did it's, you ever
1: do that? Did you ever have that particular no, Jiffy Pop? No, no. I, I don't know anyone who had it in real life, but I, I yeah, I'd see it in movies and I'm like, what is that? Yeah. It's like, wow. You, they must be rich. How the other half lives <laughs> making popcorn on their stove. <laughs> What am I doing with this stupid fucking bag in the microwave? (laughs) I'm I'm a schmuck. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There's something about, look... This doesn't have a handle. Does it really taste any better? I mean, I think it tastes better that it it took me 80 seconds to make. Let me ask you this. I mean, Mm. if we're talking about microwave popcorn, like, this (laughs) is interesting because I feel like when we were younger, Mm -hmm. you would make that stuff, and no matter how long you cooked it, Mm -hmm. at least 10% of the kernels are still in (laughs) there. Yeah,
1: just absolutely.
0: And now, like, when I make these things... At most, there's two kernels left in there wow. that aren't cooked. The technology has is it improved. just like the farmers and the, the engineering, the biological engineering is so great, or is I don't know what yeah. it is. I mean,
1: maybe it's maybe it's chemicals you're ingesting. I don't know.
0: What was the first uh, thing you ever acted on when you did? You want to be an actor when you were young, like as a performer, or did that come a little later? When, yeah, when no, right,
1: right off the bat, um, I did like community theater when I was a kid. And then um, when we started, you know, what, eighth grade, I think, we were allowed to do drama class, and then I auditioned for stuff, and uh, we just said, try it out at that age. Right. I'm trying out for that part. Yeah, just really enjoyed it. And then all through high school, all through college, and then a little bit after. Um, but, yeah, the writing kind of picked up before that did, and so I kind of switched gears.
0: Yeah. Well, I've seen you act in... So, no, I, I mean, I've we were in a sketch group. Waiting for it now. Group. We were in a sketch group together. Uh, you were very good, despite my character, like, my role being just shitting on you the entire show, basically. You were my nemesis in the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen you in other plays. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're a very good actor. I think that's, I think that's one of the reasons you are great at dialogue, because you have that other side where you are an actor. You know what I mean? Uh, you
1: see the other side of it and you, I don't know, do you think that's related? I absolutely do. And it also helps with um, pitches. Um, just having a performance background, you know, and kind of like being able to read the room, you know, adjust your oh, performance. Uh, Cause pitching is like the only performance I get to do anymore. And so I tend to like act out all the parts and do the voices and, uh, that's, that's, it's, it's fun for me. Like it, it's stressful. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but I do enjoy the actual pitch.
0: That's very interesting. I did not, this is something I'm thinking of as you're saying it. So when you're saying, when you're pitching a show or you're pitching yourself as a writer, mm-hmm. that there's, that you're kind of, you're able to have the consciousness to read the room and
1: adjust your performance that's pretty crazy if you uh i mean people you know read body language if you know just like with a bad audience if you're yeah you know uh theater or stand-up i assume where it's just like okay you gotta pick up the pace you know jump over this part because yeah. you're losing them or if it, if something was hitting you know keep mentioning that or circle back in a fun way but yeah it's, i think it's all about just engaging the audience whether it's uh, any kind of performance.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to "Scream," which mm-hmm. uh, you co-wrote,
1: I believe. I co-wrote with uh, a good friend, uh, James Vanderbilt. Yes, very nice guy. Yeah, uh, we've been friends many, many decades at this point. Well, not many decades, almost. What's many? Let's see. three. Let's three say is almost, many. almost three. Yeah, three is um, many. But he's a good friend, and we've been partners on many things where he's he's produced things of mine. Yeah, and yeah, I was thrilled to be. Uh, included in this project. It was a great experience. Um, it's the first scream with no killers. Yeah. Uh, and everyone just gets along. Oh, shit. I shouldn't
0: oh. have... Oh, well, you heard it here first, guys. Uh, I'm going to put that on the, the live uh, Instagram feed right now.
1: Crap. My career's over. No, um, it, I, can, I literally cannot say anything about it other than that... Um, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. Got to work with one, one of my writing, uh, idols, Kevin Williamson, mm-hmm. uh, who was kind of the godfather of this whole thing. And, Interesting. um, I, I think it turned out fantastic and I'm really excited for it to come out next January and for people to see it.
0: Okay. Well, let me ask you questions and if you can't answer it, you just can't answer it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this'll be fun. No. So, okay. So when, so when you're writing Scream, yeah. you and Jamie, you and, uh, Jamie or yeah. James are writing it. Um, are you
1: writing scenes together are you writing individual scenes when we're breaking the script when we're kind of like beating it out yeah um we would be in the same room and sometimes we would improvise dialogue action stuff like that and that was the more collaborative part yeah and then just for efficiency after we had a a really robust outline we would just split up scenes okay and so i would take this section you know these 10 pages he would take this and then we'd swap and kind of do a pass on each other's stuff, and then oh, gotcha. you know by the end of it, it, it feels like one you know one person wrote it. It feels very consistent. And we have very similar voices, I think, yeah. as writers and sensibilities, and so it was it was a really good fit.
0: Is there ever a time when uh, you're kind of going through and you're like, okay, I think I one of us has the better uh, take on this one dialogue of this one character? So you kind of take the lead on
1: a certain yeah. character? Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, there were certain characters uh, that. Yeah, we just, one of us would have more of an affinity for. And so we'd be like, could you do, do this speech? Well, before
0: we go any further, Guy, yeah. Guy Music, we had breakfast from Heirloom Cafe in Toluca Lake. Uh-huh. Heirloom, uh, like the Heirloom Tomato. That's I assume that's how it sounds, but it's spelled A E I R Loom. It's an unusual spelling. As yeah. if maybe they were fans of like the last airbender or <laughs> aeronautics engineer, but also maybe it was like an aeronautics engineer that engineered an heirloom tomato it was more aerodynamic i don't know for cooking it
1: was quite quite tasty
0: it really was and it was a nice little uh, outdoor it reminded me a little bit of like if you're in europe and you're sitting at a little cafe kind of yeah you know
1: yeah it was uh, it was very pleasant and we had a nice mister above us it was a hot day that mister like i didn't notice it at first i never caught his last name but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry <laughs> Uh, wah, wah. Sorry, we had to cut that guy. <laughs> you had the, uh, what they call the sunny sandwich. The sunny sandwich. It well, was, uh, And what was
1: that? A couple eggs, sunny side up. So you yeah. had a nice uh, runny yolk. We had uh, some Gruyere cheese in there, uh, which was delicious. And some heirloom tomatoes, which I assume is a signature of theirs. And uh, bacon. Yeah. It was really good. It looked and really, the, really good, a, actually. I a side of fruit. I, did, I think we talked about this. I never
0: seem to see... Gruyere cheese just on its own yeah. Right or have you seen
1: it like On a charcuterie board I don't think I have I, I, You know I don't I'm not great at Identifying the cheeses yeah by Sight but by taste you tasted It uh, right I, so I, I, <laughs> but I'm saying I'm looking at like five Cheeses I'm no, I no, no, gonna no, know yeah. what they are I mean that's I could pick out Brie I could pick
0: true. out Swiss that's true There may be Gruyere I guess I'm so used to having It melted that I probably wouldn't
1: identify It either yeah also I have cheese Blindness it's a it's a thing it's, it's a thing. Uh, it's really embarrassing. I, I mean, you've got you, your tooth thing. I've got no cheese. No one
0: wants to. Like you talk about that
1: every, <laughs> every day. Yeah, it's, yeah, well. Well, for us CBers,
0: what is that? Cheese blind. Oh, yeah, the cheese, cheese blind cheese. thing. <laughs> Again. I got to go to CBA. Guy uses this as an excuse. I'll come to his house. He's just eating a, a loaf of Velveeta. And he's like, well, I thought it was Brie. I thought it was Cloud. Look,
1: it's not my fault. Guy, it comes in sleeves. That's right. <laughs> just, you had to unwrap all of them. That's you had right. to know. I thought it was French. <laughs> <I know. laughs> My cheese shame. Cheese.
0: So I had the... Uh, oh, the uh, spicy tomato. The spicy tomato, which was highly recommended. It was like a... It was. Organic sauteed tomato with three... It was basically like scrambled eggs with like tomato mixed in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sauteed and uh, some serrano peppers, some green peppers, some bas, some basil, some basil, basil, some feta, Persian cucumbers. Those were kind of on the side. Let's go back to that basil, basil, basil. Rathbone, the <laughs> guy that played Sherlock Holmes in the 1950s. It was uh, basil. It was his bones <laughs> ground into dust and sprinkled over.
1: It was <laughs> a strange choice, culinary choice.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if you got if you buy uh, basil, Rathbone bones, <laughs> bones, uh, you gotta use them for something. I mean. <laughs> uh, so it's, I guess, what they call like a wet omelet, and I don't know if that's a French. <laughs> yeah, I don't know they call that a French thing, but it was, <laughs> it was meant to be like kind of dipped in the the baguettes. It
1: didn't, uh, it didn't look appetizing. I'm just gonna say it. I mean, it's right. I'm sure it was delicious. It was delicious. I didn't try it. You offered, it and I just was like, I don't
0: know. No, you're right, and I'm not saying this is a slam on it. Uh, it may, w- the wet omelet might be a thing in France or something, but hmm. if I feel like if I was watching like that, totally. if I was watching
1: Gordon Ramsay, who would have been
0: like that looks like a dog's dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then he'd be like, but it tastes bloody good. Yeah. You know, like yeah. one of those
1: things. I mean, you finished it, but then you're the clean plate club. But guy, then again, so. I'm a
0: clean plate club. Yeah. Um, I was hoping Is to Is that not... an official club or? <sighs> yes. How many don't plates, how many plates you got to clean? do you can be in it again. You didn't <laughs> the f- finish the first your rule of sandwich last stuff. time.
1: <laughs> how many plates you got to clean before they give you a little, they Look, extend the
0: membership? It's like when you become a saint. They have to have three miracles of food that you've finished all of. Jeez. Yeah. Just three. Okay. Mine was uh, chicken wings, including the bones. Uh, That was witnessed at Mount Carmel. Obviously, Uh, a popcorn bowl. (laughs) And two other ones that I'm not allowed to talk about just because it's a very secret society. It's semi secret. So I can tell you one of the three. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, thank you for going to Heirloom Cafe with me. Oh, it was wonderful.
1: Yeah. Thank you for treating.
0: You're known now as like this. I would say very successful screenwriter, TV writer, that the people kind of know your name. But, oh, I wouldn't, there, was but... A, there was a long time when you were just this close oh, all yeah. the time. Uh, similar to like when you're an actor, you're this close. Yep. And if you're this close, it doesn't matter. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, like,
1: yeah, close doesn't count. I mean, I think when Ryan and I came in last time, we talked about how you could make a pretty good living just selling things and working on things that yeah. never get made. Right. Right. And so people are like, what, what have you done? And you're like, well, stuff that never got made. So you yeah. won't know it. And then I sound like I'm lying. But uh, yeah, no, it was a, a struggle. I think between the time that I was like, okay, I think I'm going to try to be a professional screenwriter. And the time that Ready or Not started production, 20 years. Wow. So, you know, little minor victories would keep you going. Right. You know, but it took me a few years when I started to get my first manager and agent to, you know, get the first thing optioned. And then things started to get a little bit easier. And then Ryan and I would work together off and on, you know, over those years. And, um, yeah, it's just what I like when I'm hanging out with other writers is we try to top each other with, like, the worst experience story (laughs) yeah and it just makes you feel better (laughs) right like this isn't just me we all experience these these horrible moments of failure or humiliation or both
0: look Uh, anything that has to do with you failing yeah i want to hear about it all day that way it's like food for you it's
1: food for me um for your black i'm black like a soul. yeah i'm like <laughs> a f-
0: failure vampire yeah. <laughs> i take in you that's failure. why you've been hanging out with me for so <laughs> yes. long um, you notice i'm now that you're now that you're uh, getting a bunch of big movies that you're getting done i'm withering away i know into
1: dust yeah you're like oof
0: <laughs> when is that th- next big failure i was gonna, I was gonna say something I
1: oh no they, they believe yeah. me they still happen uh frequently but um yeah a couple of my worst moments that I always love hearing these stories, so I'll I'll share them. So Ryan and I were working with a pair of writer-producers on a TV show pitch, and these guys were pretty big deals, and they had a deal at a network, and so we couldn't shop it around. We had to pitch it to just they had an exclusive deal. And according to them and their reps and our reps, it was a slam dunk. And so the morning of the pitch, we were all waiting in the uh, waiting area for an unusually long time. Oh, like, what's unusual, like, probably more than 30 minutes. Yeah. And we're like... That seems like a long time. Yeah, it's, you know, 10 minutes. You're like, okay, that's that's normal. But this was like, I wonder what's going on. So we went in and <laughs> pitched this guy who was uh, the head of the network and a good friend of these writers, and he'd worked with them for many years on many projects. And it, there was just something off. The vibe in the room was terrible. And what was supposed to be a formality pitch turned into one of the worst pitches we'd ever had because, like, the questions weren't just like, oh, and what is this character? It was almost hostile. Uh, You know, like, there was just something wrong. Like, why would he be angry? So I got home and looked on Deadline, and I found out that minutes before we went into the room, he had found out that he didn't get the job that he was supposed to get and someone else had gotten it. It was like a a bigger job at an affiliated network. And so the guy was just going to say no to everything for a week um i was like oh cool that was great Great timing timing. and then yeah there was a a rough patch and you know kind of leading up to there were many moments in the in the 20 years that were like am i gonna how long am i gonna keep doing this
0: yeah you know
1: because success in my mind was getting something made that i actually liked yeah and until that happened you know it didn't matter that you you know i could sell a pitch or a script or whatever because it just kept not getting made (laughs) but one of the low points was i ryan i had just been fired from two jobs in the same week and uh f- pretty quickly after i was looking on again deadline and uh i see the news that our agent had moved from our current agency to i think icm one of the big three and uh, so i look i'm re- looking at the story looking at my cell phone looking at the story <laughs> looking at my cell phone and i'm like
0: guys if you oh, can see my face right now it's like <laughs> oh dear god what's going on?
1: yeah <sighs> yep look <clears throat> um yeah and it's like clearly we we did not That was how we found out that we'd been dropped. Wow. wow. And, uh, coming, you know, that was one of the moments where it was like, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe this is just not going to happen. But, you know, it's like a good writer friend of mine and I always say, it's like you're only one good script away from being, you know, back in the game or back on top, however you want to put it. But um, what happened there is there was a misunderstanding because that agency hadn't dropped us. Just that guy didn't take us with him. Ah. And uh, so when another agent that we had worked with at that agency... Bumped into my manager, was like, I haven't heard from them for a while. You know, like what, what are they? And it was like, oh, we're still clients there. And in rapid succession, like uh, there was a project that we were working on that we were going to abandon, and uh, we decided to finish it, and that was the thing that turned things around for us awesome. and gave us momentum. And awesome. then within a few weeks of that, we got a call from a uh, Jamie actually, mm-hmm. who had passed Ready or Not the script. This is like 2014. Yeah, uh, on to Trip Vinson who eventually became another producer on it and was like, "Trip really wants to do this. He'd like to come on board. And that's, you know, just, it's such a, a rocky, rocky path, but things change just on a dime. If you just stick with it and you keep producing material, you know, you never know what can happen. Right. But yeah, those, those were some rough ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like if, obviously this is something that's like, it's not a hard and fast rule, but like, if you are putting out good stuff and you just keep going, you don't get to the point where you just quit. That something good's gonna happen at some point, but you gotta just keep pushing through. Yeah. Kind of, right?
1: Yeah, it's perseverance and it's learning. It's admitting um that you don't know everything, that you can always yeah. improve things. It's, you know, not not being ambivalent about notes. Right. Taking notes well and thinking, even if I don't agree with that note, where did it come from? There's yeah. always a kernel of something, in even the worst note. There's always something behind it that you're like, well, something's wrong with this scene or character, or just structure, plot, whatever, and they may not be pinpointing it, but they're sensing that there's something wrong. And so you kind of have to do a little diagnostic on it and be like, well, what is the thing that's wrong and how do I fix it? And that's how you keep learning.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, this is sparking a lot of questions for me, I guess, as you're saying this. So, um, one, you had talked about the time you were in and you knew that the pitch was just not going well. So mm. are there specific strategies? I know you talked about maybe somebody you'd act stuff out, but Mm -hmm. if something's going awry and you're like, I think I can still save it, what are the, some of the things that you kind of try?
1: Uh you know the ones that are like just total bombs yeah. you're just fucked.
0: <laughs> you you just try to get through you it. You just try to get through it. Just try to just get off the stage essentially.
1: Yeah. yeah, and just like don't don't get you know flop sweat if you if yeah. you can help it and just be like and there you go. Right. Then at the end you're like that's my time. Thanks guys. I'm Guy Music. Yeah, it's just oh it's death. And like yeah. zoom pitches too can be really weird because you can't you don't have um as good a read on the uh, the vibe yeah and a lot of people are just stone-faced on these things right and sometimes even in the room they're they're frozen guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe the the technology yeah the internet connection went bad but um no i hate that as a writer that's the worst and that's another thing that writers complain about to each other is like so-and-so is is just completely expressionless emotionless doesn't give away what they think and sometimes surprisingly they loved it yeah, But you'd never know in the moment, and it's just so disheartening, because you're just trying to get some reaction from some cool moment, right. and just, like, impress them, and you're you're just, you know, tap dancing, and then um, and then there's people who are, like, super animated, and it's like, oh, they're laughing in the right spots, and they're, like, gasping and reacting in all the right ways, and then it's like an immediate pass. Right. <laughs> it, even in the room, it can yeah. be like, here's why we're not going to buy this, or here's mm. why you're not the right guy for it, and it's like whoa I really misread that so sometimes you just can't tell but I I think it's all about yeah like you know just push through and if if, if they are someone that you know was engaged and you're losing them then it's just like get through it faster jump to the thing the next big uh, signpost in the story like what's the next cool set piece what's the next big joke or horror moment or scare
0: I understand that person in some ways. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand Mm -hmm. the guy that doesn't give away all the reactions. Because I hear the same thing when people go to uh, audition for Saturday Night Live, right? Oh, wow. That they intentionally do not laugh. If you get a laugh during the SNL audition, it's like somebody very rare huh? yeah it's very rare or yeah so but i guess because they want to see if you can persevere what your thought oh, what your yeah, character yeah. was yeah let's say on snl what mm-hmm. that character was and if you really have a strong take or if you're just like living off of the laugh because sometimes mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not going to happen during the show and you have to push through and try to get that next spicy meatball line Yeah, no it, uh, it
1: does make sense um but yeah as a performer it's tough
0: it's tough yeah. yeah that's one of those things that you probably learn though mm-hmm. by doing pitches How many pitches would you say you did in a room before you felt
1: kind of comfortable? Oh, dozens. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I didn't relax into it because here's the thing about like when you're not making it, when you're struggling, uh, whether it's a pitch or a spec script or an interview to be on a you know a staff writer or whatever. I worked. Here, here's a a small list of day jobs. Yeah. Forklift driver. (laughs) Really. uh, Uh. Background investigator for a government contractor. I knew that. Legal assistant at two different movie studios, which yeah. was really really hard because the the we my boss would be negotiating contracts for writers and I'd see the numbers <laughs> in the contract and I'm making you know, Peanuts to be an assistant, and I'm looking at, like, these million-dollar contracts for these writers, and I'm just like, oh, that's demoralizing. And then I became a word processor, which I didn't even really know what it was at, I at, at these law is. firms. I, it's uh, even hard to describe now, even though I did it for uh, on and off for 10 years, depending on the writing work. I thought
0: I was gonna, you were going to say you were. it was like becoming a transformer, but on a much smaller level, you became this, like, little <laughs> thing that just made it. It wasn't like a giant machine. It was just like just a people just guy. come type on you. yeah. I would just, yeah. This guy music machine is
1: great. It's, uh, but it smells. <laughs> um, but I guess, yeah, my point is that when you're working a day job, and uh, I always had to. I didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, means to live on if I wasn't right. working another job. And so basically you're working two jobs. And so you're working 16-hour days and then trying to, you know, get some sleep and also have a social life or be present for your partner. And every script, every pitch had the world attached to it. It's, if this goes, I get out of the day job and I get to do this for a living. If this doesn't go, I'm stuck. And it felt like yeah. jail, you know, yeah. which it's stupid because, you know, I was coming from a place of privilege where I had job, I was able to find work, non-writing work. I'm very grateful for that. But yeah. at, the, at the time, it just feels like, and then, you know, your friends are making it, they're quitting their jobs or, you know, they never had to, to, to work a job. And you're just kind of like, ah, oh, is it ever going to happen for me? And it's very difficult. And um, once... I think, honestly, for me, I like. I, I wish I could go back in time and say, guy, don't think of it like that, and yeah. try to relax, and then you'll just do better. Right. You'll write better, you'll write more, because you won't be so attached to every single goddamn yeah. sentence yep. or scene. Um, or in a pitch, you could relax into it, and that just exudes confidence and that's what they want yeah they want someone who's who feel you know they can tell this guy is going to be able to you know take notes do a good job right. he, he has confidence but i don't know if i would have listened i don't because it's just so life and death at that point i mean not really I, i'm obviously that's hyperbole but yeah yeah i i guess when i finally but it feels had, like life or death as far as uh, it's, yeah. it's your
0: as far as your writing goes it feels like the life or death of your writing career yeah you just think if
1: this mean. one doesn't go i'm probably gonna quit and then right. it sends you down the spiral of well then what do i do with my life yeah But after I had some moderate successes where it's like I sold, you know, a pitch or a script and I built up a few of those experiences, then it was like the world isn't hinging on this one thing. I've got a few irons in the fire and I, I have the experience and the practice now of pitching that I'm, you know, a little bit better in the room, and that's huge. It's just, do, do I want to work with this person is almost as important, like, like personality wise, right, as as the pitch or the product, because life's too short. They don't want to hire difficult people, right, um, or awkward people. They want someone who can just they can trust and just say, here's the money, go go do your job.
0: Yeah, I think I think eighty percent of this whole thing, whether it's writing, mm-hmm. acting, is showing that you can let's say be on
1: set with people and act yeah. like a normal person just be a normal person and uh also that you're not a dick just ex- you're not or at a least dick. you
0: can hide that you're a dick well enough
1: and that's another thing is taking notes when yeah. you're not successful every note feels like they just shot you in the chest because you're like oh my god because you just start to panic and go yeah. oh, they don't like it i'm gonna fail i'm not good at this i don't know how to fix the thing they're talking yep. about and it makes you defensive yeah which makes you difficult and yeah. when you get that label uh, which I'm sure in my early days I had because I didn't know how to take notes well. Right. Because um, it was like, oh, you're attack. It feels like they're attacking you. Yeah. And it's like, no. That's another thing I would go back in time and say, like, just fucking take notes well. <laughs> you know, right. just just nod and smile and then do it or don't. You know. But in the room, just be cool. Be a you know a normal person. Um, which was a lesson I, I will say I learned pretty quick. Do you ever
0: get into like? Because um, it reminds me of some of the stuff I read in, which is very like Eastern philosophy style book, the the mm. Four Agreements. I don't know if you've ever oh, read yeah, that. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. I think I did a long time ago.
0: But you know, it's got that whole thing about like, don't take things personally. Yeah, that's really hard for me. Yeah, me too. And it, I think it's one. It's like it's almost like you're an. It, we all have some type of egocentrism to us where they think everything's about us. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. And that's why you take things personally. It's like, oh, they, when you say that, you're personally attacking me. That's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. We don't know where anyone's come from. Like that one guy. He wasn't personally attacking you he found out he wasn't getting the job so he was just being a dick to everybody right yeah, yeah exactly
1: well and i think you know for every creative person that i know um it, it, there are varying degrees of this some people are much more centered and and sort of mature but it's like for most of us i think there is um like a dual existence of thinking i am the best at this and i'm no one else can do what i do yeah and you have to have enough of that to just keep going through all of the failure and I'm the worst piece of shit that's ever been on this planet. Like, yeah. I'm the worst at this. I'm a fraud. They're going to find me out. They're going to kick me out of the club. Uh, yeah, I still feel that. And, and writers who are a hundred times more successful than me, I know they do too. They yeah. told me, you know, it's yeah. like every time you're like, how do I do this again? It's yeah, like look. staring at that blank page, wh- whether it's something you've had in your head for years or, you know, a new project, whatever it is, that blank page is just like... Oh fuck! Am I gonna remember how to do this? Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> I, I mean, look, I told I, coming from the, the acting side of it, I've no matter how many TV shows I've shot now. Mm-hmm. I don't know, twenty, whatever it yeah. is. Uh, anytime I go like a couple of months and I haven't booked, one, I was like, yeah, I guess they found out I'm a, I'm a goddamn fraud. fraud. Yeah, you know, yeah. we all. Know well, that's that.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, and then
0: you get one little success and you're like, yeah, I am good. And yeah, then, yeah, Like, and then you go like, you know, a couple of months again. Well.
1: Done with that. Done with that, yeah. Uh, and I still, you know, it, it lessens, you know, as as you start, like, I'm sure for you booking things, like, mm-hmm. it's probably less than it than it was, and your brain kind of can reach for the data that's like, oh, but I've done it before, so I'm probably capable of it, and I can probably yeah. do this again. My brain at least has gotten better about that, as opposed to just the, the, the cold panic of, like, oh, no, that you've been found out. Um, I still get it, but I think yeah. it's less, um, which is, I guess, the only encouragement I can <laughs> offer anyone is that, like... You know, if you – you just have to you – know, I don't know. You have to remember the times you did do it and yeah. that you did do it well and just go, well, if I was capable of it once, I'm capable of
0: it again. I'm curious your thought. Do you think when I'm acting, mm-hmm. maybe half the time I'm like, OK, yeah, I was definitely the right the, – the best person for a job. And sometimes mm-hmm. you are like, well, maybe I fit in a certain slot that they wanted or mm-hmm. maybe – I just – I mean there's – I feel like there's a lot more – weird luck involved in the acting side and opposed to the writing side where i feel like they're more like this is the best person for- i don't know am i wrong are they both that kind of uh, ha- hazard
1: at some point i think they are pretty similar yeah to be honest and here's the difference and this is not like oh oh poor writers no uh, no, no by any yeah. means but i will say that one difference that is actually i think there's pros and cons to okay. auditioning versus um, pitching yeah because it's essentially the same thing yeah um, when you're pitching on a, a job where it's like, here's an open writing assignment for this big movie, and we're going to cattle call, you know, eight people, ten people in, and you all pitch against each other, and then you make the final three, and then you blah, 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 just yeah. basically auditioning, right? With auditions, you find out right then and there or pretty soon after, um, okay. and the prep time for it is probably not that long. Sometimes right. it's a cold read, and you just find out that that at that moment sometimes you have a couple couple days notice yeah. i i would assume um it's been a long time since i've <laughs> auditioned for anything in like tv and film but for pitches it's weeks of your life yeah. you're not getting paid for it's free work you have to beat out the entire movie all of the characters all of their arcs what is the tone how do you pitch the tone and then the pitch itself lasts 10 minutes yeah, yeah. you know half an hour maybe tops and then you don't get it and you feel like well, what was that for? I just, I could have been working on a spec during that time. That's... I could have had a written product, but, you know, I just wasted... Sometimes it's three weeks, sometimes it's months. Yeah. That you have to come back and pitch again, and now it's like, just make these adjustments and then come back, and then you got Or if you have a pitch uh, that's not on a job, but, like, you just have a TV pitch you want to take around town, you're pitching the same, you know, 15 networks or places and uh, it's just exhausting. Sometimes you have three, four pitches a day. And it just takes it out of you. And then no one buys it. I had a few years ago, this is another kind of um, low point, I guess, was uh, a few years ago when Ryan and I were exclusively still working together, which we're working together on a bunch of things right now um, as a team, um, but also some things with other partners or some things on our own. But uh, he and I just had a really bad summer. It was like three TV pitches all in a row, usually to the same executives, all, passes on all of it. And that was so many collective months of work. And it was just, and a couple of them were like, well, this is almost a sure thing because of this attachment uh, is really meaningful. And that's going to move the needle and someone's going to want to work with that person, even if the pitch isn't all the way there. And yeah, I'm looking at my bank account and and my wife and I are like, Oh no, you know, like, am I going to have to go back to get another day job? And it's so demoralizing when you have to go back. It's like, I, you know, I I would leave one job in triumph and then three months later slink back because whatever I was working on didn't work out. Right. It's like I got just enough money to live on that I could quit and I had to focus on this job and get it right. And then it doesn't get made or whatever. And you're like, oh God, now I got to go temp at the place I used to make more money at. Yeah. And it's so Uh. sad. Uh, But yeah, a few years ago, I'm just looking at the bank account going, I think, I think I might have to go back. And it had been at that point, I think at least three years I'd been out I had been exclusively writing uh for a living and uh and that's when I got we got uh, Ryan and I Castle Rock wow and they were shooting Ready or Not that fall but we weren't gonna get any money from it because we'd been paid for all of our steps
0: yeah and so I'd so been you living already off were that. paid leading up to it
1: yeah and sometimes you have like a production bonus in your contract but I don't know if we did on that I think it was just a credit bonus mm-hmm. um you know if you get sole credit or shared credit you get you know X amount of dollars um but on that one we didn't have a production bonus so even though it was getting made i was like i think i might have to go be a word yeah. pro- processor again until the credit determination comes out and i get that little chunk um but castle rock kind of saved me and that was just a few years ago you know it's just like now i feel i feel much more comfortable because i can't talk about any of them but i'm working on i think 10 things right now yeah <laughs> trying to juggle 10 That's projects great. yeah only one has been announced which is this this project that i sold a year ago called reunion Uh, Which is another kind of horror comedy. Um, The other ones I I haven't been announced, so I would get in trouble for talking about them. But there's some pretty uh, exciting stuff in there. And then you know, there are varying degrees of like, oh, is that a is it an IP that people know that I get to work on, or is it an original idea? I like to try to mix those. Yeah, Um, it's like I definitely want to get my foot in the door for the bigger IPs and stuff like that, the bigger franchises. Um, But I love original horror i love original stories um so i'm always trying to keep that going too and it's like ready or not is such a rarity because getting an original idea i mean wh- it's easier in horror horror never goes away
0: uh, look if you guys haven't seen ready or not was it 2018 that it came out 20- 2019 2019 yeah. it came out it was my favorite not because you were the writer
1: one of the writers it it was just
0: my favorite movie that came out that oh, year thanks, i baby. love horror comedies and this is done at its <laughs> at its best
1: well, that, uh, that was such a stars-aligned kind of a situation. Yeah. We could not have asked for a better studio, better executives at the studio, better producers, and, of course, Radio Silence, who directed. I mean, everyone just had the same vision for it, and that never happens. And that's why, when it came out, I was like, I—or when I saw—I'll say when I saw, the like, the first cut, I was like, it, it would be wonderful if this connected with people. And it did well enough at the box office that it was considered a success— and it would be wonderful if the critics liked it. But the only thing that mattered to me is if I liked it, if I could be proud of it. That right. Was, that, to me, like I said earlier, was was my goal. And, you know, it's like after 20 years of near misses, it was like I could finally exhale because if I died the next day, I could at least feel like I did the thing I came out here to do. Yeah. I did it once. I got some points on the board, you know, so like... I can always point to it, and if I get down, you know, if I'm having a string of failures, I can always point to that and say, "At least you got that one right. made, right?" and you like it,
0: yeah. And so it was wonderful
1: yeah. that, on top of that, a lot of people did seem to connect with it, and I, you know, I've heard a lot of really nice things from people who are fans, and I, you know, I got to know some of the cast a little bit and crew, and it was just, it's just a wonderful thing. And you know, I don't think, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm leading a charmed, you know, life recently because it was another great experience on Scream. Yeah. And it just doesn't, it doesn't happen very often where it's just like, oh, this, this turned out well, like in a way that I'm proud of it. I like it. I think it's good. Um, and uh, I, I'm just waiting for those first experiences where I'm actually, you know, part of something and it doesn't turn out to be what I want it to be. It's like, it's still a win because you got it made. Yeah. But man, Ready or Not it was just like, that's so rare that from the beginning to the end, everyone was on the same page. Everyone wanted it to be what it became. Right. Right. It was really cool. And I'm very grateful.
0: What's that's all really cool inside kind of stuff for for writers out there and people that are just doing really any kind of entertainment stuff because it's all kind of uh, sometimes the same process. Now something I hadn't thought about that you said and I was like, oh, that totally makes sense because I'm not doing those things where someone says, okay, you're doing a pitch on this mm. project and you have to prepare for that project for weeks. Yeah, that's just not something you have to do as an actor. You might get a you know you might get something a week ahead of time but it's not like i have to write it myself you yeah, know
1: and you know i was talking about pros and cons about both and i forgot to mention like uh you know having had the experience as an actor the cons of going in and doing the thing not having to prep you know for a long long time is that it, it does feel more personal because it's you it's you and it's just like it's your physical presence it's not words on a page and that was always hard for me because it's like oh man i take things personally as a writer but as an actor it was like you know, feeling physically wounded. Yeah. When just like, oh, the, the, I'm bad. You know, I'm yeah. like, like they don't like me. And that's not even the case as, as an actor either, but it's harder, it was harder for my brain to make that distinction.
0: I mean, that's the thought process I always have if I'm doing stand-up comedy, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to sketch comedy, improv comedy, mm-hmm. where there's other people involved or I'm at an audition with a bunch of people <laughs> mm-hmm. is that if you go up there and you bomb they hated you. They, they didn't, like
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't take it. I right. mean, honestly, I, I would love to get back into acting and stuff. And like, I've gotten to play around and, and you know, I had a little cameo in, in Ready or Not, which was a yeah. blast. Um, and I, I'd love to, you know, eventually dip a toe back in because um, I think I could probably weather it at this point. But yeah, it was hard when I first got out of college and I was doing auditions for film and TV and commercials and, you know, doing stage work. Yeah. Theatrical work. It, it just beats you down. I mean,
0: if if I were you, I'd be trying to have any kind of workaround to be an actor, which is like, I guess for you might be at some point, hopefully you do the M. Night thing where you just like write yourself (laughs) a scene in every movie. This is
1: a fun, you know, I mean. I mean, uh, honestly, like when I first first started writing, I was like, that was the plan. It was like not because I was just like very inspired by, you know, Good Will Hunting. And I'm like, these guys who couldn't quite break through wrote themselves a great script. Right. And uh that it, it changed over time. It became more about the writing in and of itself than like, oh, I still want to act. And it's the desire's still there, but it's you know, it's yeah. like, no this is what I do now and I'm comfortable with that. But I think if I didn't take it as seriously and if I know that I have like this backup career, right. uh, maybe I wouldn't take it so hard. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I would. <laughs>
0: Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So here's one, the one last question I want to ask you about this whole thing that that came up while you're while you were uh, mentioning all these great tidbits. As an actor, mm-hmm. I'm I'm used to being well, not now. They're all everything's like we send self tapes in right now. But great, I, great. If, if things go back to where we're in person, I'm going to be in a room and I see like ten people that I'm auditioning against. Mm. When you're going in for your pitches, are you guys overlapping where you see each other?
1: Rarely, or, yeah, rarely. okay yeah. Because so I think executives don't like to hear too many in one day. So, yeah, it's it's not quite the same. And okay. sometimes your manager can get, uh, you know, or your agent can get a, a little intel on, like, who am I pitching against? How many? Like, the the important thing is how many. Yeah. And, you know, if it's a big, big number, it might not be worth your time. Yeah. You know, I'm getting to a point now where if, it's, if I hear a certain number, I'm like, I don't. Think I'm going to go for that. Right. It would have to be something that I absolutely had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's like, oh, they went to you and one other person, then you're like, okay, you're like okay, that then they actually specifically wanted to hear what I would do with it. Yeah. As opposed to just like eight horror writers. Yeah. Um, and that that gives me you know a little bit more confidence that it's worth worth the time. Cool.
0: Well, thanks for all that great. Inside writing info. I think uh, the people who listen are going to really love this. And I love, I, look, you and I have been friends for a long time and still think we've never talked
1: about <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, uh, well,
0: thanks for withholding all of this info <laughs> for me. I'm doubting whether we're friends, actually. Yeah, it's, it's
1: really only from you, too. Uh, I talk about this with all of my other friends <laughs> and people I don't even know. So I'll just go up to it at a bus stop and just be like, you want to hear about screenwriting? Uh, but not Kay. you. Marco, let's cut all that out that he just
0: said <laughs> where he minimized our friendship. Let's just leave that I mean, out. you
1: know, um, when you're wearing a mask, it's easier to <laughs>
0: Brickhorn. Oh, <laughs> Before we get out of here, Guy, I need to get three quick recommendations from Guy Busick. Oh, sure. What is the hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know?
1: I would say there's a Netflix show that's German. It's called Dark. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Certainly the best, one of the best in the last decade. And it's equal parts like small town soap drama and science fiction. Okay. And I'm not a huge sci-fi guy, but this is, the, in my opinion, the best long form time travel, anything uh, I've ever seen. And it's very, very intricate and complicated, but it's so rewarding. And it's just, it's about so many things. It's about, you know, fate. It's about generational trauma. It's very, very, it's like intellectually deep. It's emotionally deep. And um, I just don't think enough people know about it. I mean, like I, I see some people, you know, on like writer Twitter or film Twitter or whatever talking about it, but it's like, I would love for more people to see that.
0: Yeah. God, generational trauma is something I never heard of maybe like up until about six months ago, and now I hear, mm, and I'm like, it totally makes sense. I just never had yeah, uh, thought of it. Uh, what is the show or movie that
1: you watch just for fun? I, I, th- to me, that kind of, I don't want to minimize these things because I think I get a lot out of it. Everyone at this point is, has talked about Ted Lasso, but I can't stress enough how m- much that show just makes me happy. Um, and uh, I think you should leave. Uh, is another one that's obviously oh, very, very popular. But it is, it, I, I, it's a gift. It's, it shows a gift. I yeah, I auditioned for season two, and
0: I really, oh, I, I was man. like, I don't care what it is. I don't care if I'm a guy just sitting at a table. Just,
1: uh, and the rewatchability factor of those sketches because you just pick something up new every every single time. I just think it's genius. It makes me very, to, very happy. Okay, let
0: me ask you this because I, I think you should leave. I also really love. <laughs> if you have to pick only one sketch of i think you should leave to show people which one do you pick <laughs> i can pick
1: carl havoc from season two <laughs> okay that's great uh, to me that was the, the it, like i know that's the, the most popular one i see it all over yeah. twitter but it's like it's just even though it's so universally <laughs> lauded and loved it yeah. felt like it was written for me because yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it had it yeah. had everything it had you know the discomfort it yeah. had the self-hate. Yeah. It had borderline suicidal yes. ideations yes. or actual suicidal ideation. He just didn't want to be there anymore. And like so just the, you know, I got, I got too much shit on me. <laughs> I, <coughs> what, <laughs> and then the producer telling him to go flip that woman's tray. Yeah. And he's like, well, what would that do for the greater good? <laughs> it's just so many perfect line readings. I don't even want to be around anymore. I,
0: I mean genius that's a great one um, I think I probably have to go with the fully loaded nachos uh, <laughs> that's <is>
1: fantastic <laughs> oh my god uh, Tress and I are yeah. constantly just like
0: showing it. you haven't <laughs> seen the, you're leaving, leaving the fully loaded nachos thing I mean what, I the, uh,
1: just to hook people I've shown them just the first sketch of the first episode of the first season with the door the job oh, yeah. interview oh, in the door. That's pretty. I'm crazy. like, this is the show.
0: Yes, it you know? totally is the show. Um, um, oh my god. Um, maybe also the guy that's choking, but doesn't want to admit he's choking. <laughs> that's pretty <crazy>. great. <laughs> he won't admit that he's choking
1: because he's oh, a cool guy in the room. Oh, uh, uh, and the and the uh, the <laughs> the um, it? Oh, birthday presents, right? With Stephen Young. Oh god. And yes, the oh the god. the sloppy mud pie. Yeah. <laughs> And then in this season, two, the guy that goes to the uh, the Haunted House uh, tour right. because it's the adult one and he can yes. swear, <laughs> and you, that payoff at the end of him getting into his mom's car is just, like, yes. <laughs> simultaneously oh hilarious God. and heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. Tim Robinson, I think you should leave. Everybody watch that, guys. Yeah. Um, no,
1: everyone does, I hope, already. Yeah. But uh, what,
0: anyway. is, what is the show or movie that
1: inspires you? Oh, well, I guess I would go back to Ted Lasso a little bit. Um, okay. But, like, I'm trying to think of, like, other... um oh, I'm going to blank on this one. I know. And you sent these to me in advance, and I just was like, "Oh, I got a, I got a few."
0: Yeah, can I mean, l- can I pass? <laughs> Look, I would say that. I mean, you gave us Ted Lasso, and then you also said it seems like I think you should leave. Inspires you because yes. uh, yeah, it is slightly. I mean, it's it's a half tick away from being a horror show. Also, from some of the stuff that happens, it's just like <laughs> so, really this guy's gonna snap at any moment. So I'm okay with that. If that's, All right. if, uh, it, you know, I'll I think you should leave. That. Inspires me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, I gave you these things ahead of time. You did no (laughs) prep on the show. Claims that we're friends. Talks about the corn in my teeth for 20 minutes. Pass on it. Fine. That's great. Guys, if you'd like to get more breakfast stuff, such as pick some guy music and I. Enjoying our breakfast from... Heirloom Cafe. Go to my website, brentpope.com. You can listen to all the episodes there. Visit the official breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff inside. Shirts, mugs, stickers, headshots of Guy Music, masks, perfect for holiday gifts. It's all in there. i still going to get the Guy Busick, uh headshots up and going. They'll be there. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something from the breakfast store. Uh, Guy music headshots, <laughs> free for a dollar, coming soon. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Breakfast. Even if you're in, uh, you know, White Deer, Red Deer, uh, what's the place in Canada? Uh, they love me there, uh, and they love that I don't know their name. Make sure you subscribe <laughs> so you don't miss any new episodes breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States in 40 other countries and trust me my breakfast burrito brigade we are just getting started special thanks to my editor the one and only Rosemary Brown for all the breakfast slicing and dicing much preach big ups also to my studio engineer Marco Leon for making me sound so good Guy Busek what is next for you uh, details on every sh- news that you're writing <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know if, if we can find you on social media uh,
1: I'm, yeah I, I, I am on Twitter uh, at Guy Busick and um, I that's that's the best place to find me cool and uh, yeah Scream is coming up next
0: woo Janu- I'm looking forward January to that January 14 is it, is it just called Scream or is it it is, a, is just is that called a, Scream
1: okay gotcha mm-hmm. uh, although the joke of course was replacing the S with a 5 and people just called it 5 Cream 5 Cream <laughs> That was the that was a joke on set. That's uh, really which, funny, which I love. Uh, uh, but yeah, I love no, it. Yes. It is called Scream. It is being released in theaters only by Paramount Pictures, January nice. 14th next year. Very cool. And hopefully, I'll be able to talk about and announce other projects on my Twitter account as they become announceable.
0: Guy Music, such a good friend of mine. Thank you for coming in again. Thank you for having uh, me, guys. This has been the Secret of the Ooze, Leckapugalu, <laughs> the, the New Batch,
1: Guy Busic episode. Thank you for breakfast, Breck.
0: And with that, we put another Stovetop Jiffy Popcorn-worthy episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya.